As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the duo of feathery weather and weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Both when Zach kicking it cooler than two penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Both Zach coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings on. How do you have time to consume all this content? You're listening to Dave Spadaro interviews? I, I take a morning bike ride, and I listen to Oh, oh I want to hear more Dude, about that, right. but go yeah, ahead. No, the Schuylkill Trail. I, I oh, really? Yes. Wow. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends. Audio only, Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn, after Saturday's Morning practice, practice number seven for our eyes. We're here to talk about it. We'll have a quack test report. I have to probably decide if we're going to find some more ZB Culture Corner questions. I haven't thought about that. It's too late now. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about some big picture takeaways through the first week and a half of training camp. Who's changed our mind? Are there any things that maybe we hadn't considered that are uh, creeping to the forefront of uh, what's going on here. But uh, we start, uh, Marissa, how you doing? I'm doing great. You're throwing me off by, I'm muted. So like, I'm expecting you to go to Zach. But... You're part of the podcast. <laughs> you should be first. Yeah. No, I absolutely should not. Um, I'm doing good. How about you guys? How, is how excited is Michael for the joint practices? Um, I honestly haven't talked to him about it, but I'm super excited. I <laughs> one day at a time. He needs to stack days right yeah, now. Yeah, right? that's, that's, that's right. That's what like, I how think How did I get better give... today? Yeah, I think they they give like the Eagles players notes on what to say, and it's like you know just just day by day stacking days, right? Yep. That that's like the the phrase this year. Yep, exactly. So and, and Zach, how was your how was your day off? Uh, it was uh, it was nice. I I need to admit I'm I'm not saying that. Oh, well, I was gonna say I'm not saying this to pander. I can't pander to my co-hosts, but I I enjoy being able to talk to you guys every day. So on the days off. We're not doing a pod. I, hmm. I, I don't get the pre-pod banter. I was watching um, SportsCenter the other day at, or some ESPN show, and they were talking about what they said between the commercial breaks, right? They were, it was about, like, Jeff Passan and Jeff Darlington. And uh, 
and then Two I Jeffs. think Sage, and then Sage Steel said, Jeffs. "What's that? Just a couple Jeffs." Hang yes, on. and then Sage Steel was was saying like, "That's off the record be- between the commercial breaks or, or something of that nature," and I was thinking. I'm glad we don't record before and after shows, right? Because yeah, that's that's off the record sometimes. Yeah. Did you go uh, podcast heavy or book heavy with your day off? I did some driving, so podcast heavy on the drive, and then I started reading Jason's reads. I started reading Jason Reed's book. Mm. Um, so good book, good good Eagles uh, nuggets. I I I, uh, I told Bo this, or I texted Bo this. Um, I go into the index uh, before I started. I wanted to see if there was anything specific on, on Jalen Hurts, right? And so I, I go to the H section, and there's there's no Jalen Hurts, but there's Hayden Hurst. <laughs> um, and uh, because Hayden Hurst, I imagine, uh, you know, the Lamar Jackson trade. He has right? good perspective on, on being no, in the, the league back when the, the, <laughs> the league was first integrated. <laughs> so in any event, uh, the, the, the parts that I've read so far have been good, and I look forward to finishing that book. But... I was podcast heavy. I listened to our old friend Shield. I listened to uh, our podcast um, from. So I sound like a coach here. Is this shouldn't be this way, but it is this way during training camp, where you lose track of the days. Yes. Right. You don't know what what day it is specifically. So, uh, like yesterday seemed like a like a, a Saturday because we didn't have practice, but it was a Friday. So um, from Thursday's podcast, I listened to Thursday's podcast. Okay. And do you have, did you have any notes that we need to work on? I have notes I need to work on mm. and I hope I've already started to incorporate them. Uh, there are times when I'm not concise with my language. I, I want better economy of words and I'm trying to be uh, more prudent about that. It's too bad this is not a uh, this is not a live video show because I feel like you have a very striking five o'clock shadow working today that's like ruggedly <laughs> handsome. <laughs> I I did not shave this morning. That is true. I did not shave. So typically, I shave and I did not today. So like it's hard like, edge ZB looking good. I appreciate that. No, I I said to Emily this morning. I I said, is this unprofessional? And she's like, no, she, yeah, she said, she said, she said, she said go no. with it. It's a weekend. All kinds of lumberjacks wear their hair <laughs> like that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't shave this morning either. I'm the same. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, you, you, muted. You, you, you muted yourself. You got so excited about that point that you put it on, on mute. I could feel that. So anyways, the Eagles practice today <laughs> as. Wait, should we still go to Stone Cold News you're, still, you're still muted. Hold on. Yes. This will be a Hold good on. time. We got to go to the Stone Cold Newsman, even though, uh, Bo's not here. Let me let me uh wait. Hold on. What does Bo say? Oh, okay. Hold on. We have a live report from <laughs> yes. <laughs> the newest injury for the Eagles is Boston Scott with a concussion. Boston Scott is the third player on the Eagles to sustain a concussion during training camp, joining Andre Doherty and Jordan Mailata. Andre Doherty and Jordan Mailata were on the sideline during practice, not yet participating, still in the concussion protocol. Devontae Smith with a groin injury, Greg Ward with a toe injury, Grant Calcaterra with a hamstring injury. We've spoken about all three of those players before. Those are previously known injuries, but they were out of practice today. Uh, Limited at practice was cornerback Mac McCain. So though that's your injury update. Uh, as far as some other kind of news and, and, and notes for this segment, I would say Zach Pascal back at practice, as we've seen, uh, spoke to him afterwards. He would not recommend food. Po- he would not wish food poisoning on anyone. 
Uh, he lost 16 pounds. Whoa. Wow. That's insane. I saw that tweet. I couldn't yeah, believe that. Six, 16 oh. pounds. And the culprit, by the way, was a quesadilla. With, oh. uh, had some type of bacteria in the meat that uh, caused him to like a chicken have a, 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 rough, kind of meat, a, rough, a rough few days. I, I need to look it up. I don't want to misquote him there. But, yeah, he, he talked about the quesadilla. And then he from also – the facility? He did not mention where it mm. was from. I said to him, I saw you out there one day and then not the next. Yeah, he thought he was better, but it, it came back, right? So it was uh, – Yikes. He would not wish it on anyone, but he, he's he's back now. He's, he's feeling better, and we saw him at practice. Anyways, that is your update as far as injuries go. Back to you on the desk hey thanks zach we'll talk to you later uh, in the show uh all right let's let's talk uh let's talk practice report what uh you're the notes man today you're mm-hmm. you're writing it up so uh let's let's synthesize these notes for you what uh, what jumped out to you what were your big takeaways let's start on the offensive side of the ball also well, two plays on offense that would would jump out jalen hurts had an incompletion to aj brown I think by where 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 you were standing, I wasn't standing with you there, but I think I saw you in the corner. You were with a, with a, a few other reporters. Uh, this was right in front of you. A, this was the corner of the end zone. I thought Jalen Hurts put the ball in a perfect spot to AJ Brown. AJ Brown appeared to drop it. Did his hands go up late? Did he bobble it? What specifically? This was it in one on ones. No, this was team. Oh yes, uh, Darius Slay got his hand on it. He, he oh Slay got, got his, his hand, hand on it. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was on the sideline. And I was on, so that pass was away from me. I'm glad you clarified that. I thought uh, that it was bobbled by Brown. So I could be wrong. It, it was. I, it, so this was. There were two uh, fields going on at the same yes. time. There was uh, the twos were working on uh, to my left. The ones were working to my right. And I, ha- I had watched the snap on the twos and then saw the ball in the air coming towards me from the right side. And it's AJ Brown and Darius Slay and Elias. It would look like a good throw. I think that Darius Slay just barely got his hand on it. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I thought the the ball was was put in a really good spot there. Um, let's see. I would say that uh, there was a pass to Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard got wide open down the seam, right? Just no one was around him. He explained the play. I will have that in the practice observations. I thought Hertz Hertz was up and down, right? I I, I didn't think it was like an especially good day from Hertz, and I didn't think it was a particularly bad day from Hertz. Um, I'm trying to think here. I think over the past like four practices or so, mm-hmm. I would love and and uh, maybe Elliot could actually do this for us. I would love to know the dis, like the split of Jalen Hurts' numbers when he throws the ball to AJ Brown versus every other play because anecdotally it feels to me like he throws the ball to AJ Brown at like completes it at like an 80% clip and uh is very good. Like those guys are those guys are fully on the same page it seems to me. And every other every other target is like 20%. I mean it's and it's probably not quite that extreme. Uh and there are some, you know, there are some easy checkdowns. So it's actually not 20%, but it's probably closer to like 50%. Um but it is like the the offense right now and and you know, if you are not like a sicko who's tuning into every single day of, of reports. Keep in mind that Devontae Smith has not been mm-hmm. at practice for the past few days. Uh, he's dealing with an injury. So uh, like that, that affects things. But right now, like the offense to me is, is 
extremely A.J. Brown-centric. And Goddard, I, I would say. But, yeah, I, I mean, among the receivers. Yes, yeah. definitely so. Yeah, uh, definitely so. That's that's a fair that's a fair way of putting it. And listen, you know, I think uh, I think a friend of the show, Josh Norris, has has talked about this. But like we have talked about, you know, one of the things that that uh, has been missing at times from Jalen Hurts' arsenal has been throwing the ball over the middle of the field, at least uh, relative to other quarterbacks in the league. And that's where AJ Brown does so much damage. And that's where he's been doing damage this this summer. Yes. And there has been like no hesitation to my eyes, uh, to, to Jalen Hurts throwing the ball over the middle of the field. And so it is almost like A.J. Brown is, is uh, by his skill set, solving this middle. Uh, m- minor aspect of, of Jalen Hurts' offensive arsenal. You're correct about that because, again, there was a pass today, a, a, a slant across the middle. I think Kerry Vincent Jr. was in coverage on A.J. Brown. K.V. And, Deuce. And uh, Aaron – AJ Brown, as you would expect, got open, but it was the, it was like the description I gave last week. Like he is in the in the middle of the field. If you can get him in stride, like that's that's your big play right there. You know that you it it, it doesn't need to be forty yards downfield or, or or something like that for a big right. play. If if you get the ball, to AJ Brown in the middle of the field, I, I'm confident if he's in space, he can make something happen after the catch. Yes. Um. So uh a relatively down the depth chart player who jumped out to me today was Jason Huntley. I, I thought he showed, he showed some juice. He had a, there was a, a, a run where he, he got to the edge, did a nice juke. Um, you know, teammates were yeah, had a little he, stiff know, arm to well, him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, teammates were cheering him on um, in the Bo Wolf drills, which are the one-on-ones offensive line, defensive line. That Those are always the Bo special. If you want to know where Bo is during practice and that's going on, you can count on seeing Bo there. That's right. Um, Do you want me to write that up for you, by the way? I was there too, but if you want oh, to, okay. I, I always no, like no, your okay. insight. No, 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 no but, but I like your snap-by-snap analysis. You know, I, I kind of do macro takes. Um, I, I thought uh, Lane Johnson. Well, Mike Groh's not here anymore. <laughs> uh, Lane Johnson had a great rep against Hassan Reddick, right? Like That's uh, interesting. You didn't view it that way? I thought it was as, as, as good of a rep as Hassan Reddick has had against Lane Johnson. Like, Lane Johnson has been has yeah. been killing him for the most part. It, Lane probably still won that rep, but he got like pushed back a little bit more than he has before. No, but I'm I'm just saying from like a speed perspective, like Lane, like like Reddick tried to get around him, and mm-hmm. Lane, he, he, it's like you don't get around Lane Johnson. I think I think uh, Ben Fennel on the uh, Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast made this point the other day, but like uh, I do think it's possible that we are not like fully appreciating just how good Lane Johnson is uh, on like a day-to-day basis. Like when, um, you know, like when Deshaun Jackson was at training camp, it's like every day you're like this, yeah. it is a pleasure to watch this guy. He's, he is so good. Like it's unbelievable. Uh, every rep he's, he's, he's dynamic. Like uh, even like Fletcher Cox a couple of years ago might've been like this, but, but Lane, it's like, we're not, he's, he's so good. He's unbelievable, yeah. and as so, long as he stays healthy, he should be. And and you know he says he's not dealing with the ankle that he was dealing with uh, last year. And like when he's healthy, he's 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 dominant, and he has been he's been like perfect throughout camp. So the I mean not the not to pat myself on the back here, but um, you know before camp we had these things we call them all thirty twos, right? And the, to tell our listeners what those are, it's 
every beat writer has to fill out a question about their team and, and give a paragraph about it. So it's it's company wide or you know all it's network wide for the athletic. And one of the, the the question I had to answer for the th last one I did is who's the most valuable player on your team or who's like the most mm. important player on your team, something like that, or who's the best player, something like that. And I put Lane Johnson and uh, Interesting. I was explaining first off, like a, how, how good he is, which we know um, B the fact that, I don't think they have a lot of depth at right tackle. I mean, I think Jack Driscoll's more of a guard. We're seeing that. Like, Jack Driscoll really struggles with Brandon Graham in those one-on-ones. There's been right? no no more lopsided single one-on-one -on -one matchup over the duration of camp than Brandon Graham against Jack Driscoll. Every day in one-on-ones, Brandon Graham takes his soul, demolishes yeah. him. And, like, there was to the point where it's, like, almost a little bit uncomfortable and Brandon Graham, in the middle of like after just destroying Driscoll today, like came over to him and like gave him a hug. I saw like, that. Yep. Like, yep. you poor guy. And then, and then kind of the this whole, so this is the question was who will be your team's MVP in in 2022? Okay. And uh, and then the other thing, and I I pointed this out in the past, like their record with and without him, and I understand there are so many variables that go into whether a team wins or loses. It's not simply the presence of the right tackle, but uh, but from from 2016 to 2020, the Eagles were 38, 21, and one when Johnson plays right tackle compared to to eight and 18 when he's out of the lineup. I think that that might include 2021 now too. I I, I might not have. I, I think I updated that. Yeah, so it should be. I had it in my uh, like over the length of his career and the yeah uh, in the, in and the like camp disparity treatment. is 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 striking to me, and I think there's. It, the, the whole line tends to play better, but but the reason why I said not to pat myself on the back is because like this isn't like an original idea, right? I, I, as there are there sure. have been I, I I read from some of our colleagues elsewhere leading up to camp like a countdown of the Eagles' best players, a countdown of their most valuable players, that kind of thing. And Jason Kelsey was often ranked number one, or or and not taking anything away from Kelsey. Wow, shots but, fired at Kelsey. After you, no, you, you, was, you just toss him to the side. You get this no, story done. You publish it, no, and all of a sudden, he's yesterday's no, but, trash. No, but – and, like, I'm, I'm not disputing how good Kelsey is nor how important he is. But if Kelsey went down, um, I think they have some options at 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 center who they can are, – are, are not at Kelsey's level either physically or mentally. But you can probably get by, Right. And I say that I haven't seen Cam Jerkins in a game yet, but I think right tackle they don't have that type of that that type of depth. So it's so crazy though. Like if it was a really if it was a lot like let's say Lane suffers a season-ending injury, you know, yes. knock on wood, it doesn't happen. Wouldn't they like they would probably move Mylotta over, right? And that's <laughs> it's so silly. Yeah. And it's so silly because, like, you you, you know, you, you chose what position Landon Dickerson plays now based on the fact that you want those two guys together. Yep. Um, but, like, and he's getting paid, and he's and he's awesome, Jordan Mylotta. Exactly. Like, he could be an all-pro this year. But, like, but Dillard's a for better the team, back right, right you, like, yeah. you, can't, you can't put Dillard at right tackle, right? Exactly. But it's better to put Dillard at left tackle and Mylotta at right tackle than to have Driscoll play right tackle, probably. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe so we're, that, maybe like Driscoll just it, maybe the Driscoll Brandon Graham thing is just like Mylotta and Ostman. It's like it's a matchup that's built uh, specifically 
for him to struggle. I don't think that Driscoll has been bad in team periods. Like I, I haven't, I haven't um, taken a notice of that. Um, so I, I think he would probably be fine. I think that, I think it's interesting that they are giving him reps only at right tackle. Like, mm-hmm. especially, especially with Mylotta and Dillard out the past couple of days, rather than, than seeing if Dillard can do it or, or Driscoll can do it on the left side. You know, they've been going with Clark and Awashika. Even Josh Sills was getting reps there today. I think, I don't know what happened to the Raven Clark at some point in practice today. He was no longer practicing. Out, yeah. um, I don't know if it, like he retired <laughs> mid-practice. <laughs> he He's like, retire. this is not for me anymore. Uh, but it, I, Coyote got bumped up to the ones and Sills was with the twos and the threes. But uh, it's it's telling, right, that Driscoll hasn't taken any guard reps. They want him at right tackle. They must think that that's his best position. Right, I mean, I, I mean, or they want that. That was the position we expected him to play coming in. That was his college position. I mean, yeah, Lane Johnson, for as good as he's been, he hasn't been like a sixteen game a season player, or no. I should say, seventeen game a season player. Right? He's, as a matter of fact, in his career, only two times has he played sixteen games. Right. Um, that's the that's the one sort of knock on him. Yeah, and so. Uh, Maybe so, that's the idea is that they're yeah, they're exactly planning preparing. for the inevitability of Lane missing a couple yeah. of games and they want to make sure that Driscoll has it down. I I got to think that. Yeah. Um so anyway, so speaking of Jurgens, uh in those in those one-on-ones, I, I thought uh thought Jordan Davis had a good rep against Jurgens there. Yes, easily the okay. best rep that anyone's had against Jurgens. Jurgens okay. has done well against Jordan Davis and on this one rep, Jordan Davis pushed him back like he was like a plow. Like yeah. two hands out, uh, just like full extension, moving him back. That was like uh, – and and you could tell from the reaction from the defensive line that they were like, they were like that's it. That's what we've been waiting to see you do. Um, and it was. It was like very much seeing the potential. Like this is if, – if he does it right, this is what he can do. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, some other quick notes. Nicobe Dean taking work with the first-team linebackers again. Uh, I, I know that's happened in, in, in the past. But, but more today than ever before. Yeah, sure. and rotated in. He was in place of T.J. Edwards. Um, and so you saw Dean and and Kaiser White. And T.J. Edwards has had a good camp, as we've documented here. Uh, but I think, I, think, he had a, I think he might have had one or two reps with Edwards also. With T.J.? I think, okay. yeah, I could be wrong. Okay. Um, yeah. They, Let me ask they, you this. Yes. Sorry. I'm this No, no, not, no. This, this was not a, a time that I needed to cut you off. No, that's no. This is I I, I want to hear what you're asking. Well, you're not going to like it. Uh those top 3 linebackers, mm-hmm. if you were uh if you were looking to uh, hire a lawyer and you were looking at a law firm, 
how would you what what do you think is the best sounding law firm for dean edwards and white is it like edwards dean and white edwards white and dean it's, it doesn't it sound very law firm to me i think dean edwards and white to me is marissa's nodding her head i, I agree trust... the first way you said yeah. it dean edwards and white yeah I, i'm trying to think <laughs> I, I i know that 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 law firm thing has 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 always that that comes up a lot like oh this sounds like a law firm can't you just do that with any three names or are there names that sound more like a law firm than, than other names i think that one sounds like it like would would dunwolf and berman be a law firm no, I don't like it. No. Okay. Not, yeah. okay, so Dean Edwards and White. Maybe horrible. Berman, Dunn, and Wolf. I feel like Berman has to go first. Why? Well, I, I don't know. It's just, that's phonetically, that's oh, Yeah, I think it's like the syllables that make it sound like a law firm. That's what I would Berman, say. Wolf, and Dunn works too. Berman, Dunn, and Wolf. I like that. I think Berman needs to go first. Okay. I mean, only if for a law firm, not if we're talking about the podcast itself. <laughs> for the podcast itself, I would go, D, I would, I would go Dunn, Wolf, Berman. No. Yeah, I mean, Marissa's the most. Dean important. Edwards and White. Yeah, agree. Okay, all right, Dean Edwards and White. <laughs> okay, I'm um, sorry. I see. I told you this was no, not going to be worth that's, cutting you off. That's for. fine. Um, I'm trying to think here. There was a weird play. I don't know if you had any insight on, on what occurred. It was a pass to Jalen Rager, and his helmet came off. Yeah. Do, do you know how the helmet? It was a hell of a catch. And then the well, ref, I, I, the ref well, ruled it. No, it? No, I, I well, the ref ruled it. it no catch. Yeah. Okay, that's what um, I had written down. As he came to the ground, it looked like. I mean, he made a hell of a grab. Uh, Josh Job was yes. in was in coverage. I don't know how his helmet came off. I mean, me neither. He must Job must have just come in from right underneath the uh, the face mask and popped it off. Like it was an impressive grab from Rager, even if it wasn't a catch. But yeah, Josh, this was a big Josh Job day. Yeah, well, well, was wait, all over but, the place. Real, but like, but like uh, a real quick on on the Rager thing, and I don't want to over interpret. Um, but I, I I found it interesting. Like Aaron Moorhead, I was watching because this was all happening right in front of me. And he, he was like, you know, you, you saw Rager there after after the catch trying to figure out what happened. I think we all were trying to figure out what happened. Like, I think he, the official was there. There was no flag. I was curious what happened. And Moorhead was just kind of like, get your helmet on, get back out there. If, if you recall, he took the next play. Well, it was it was a it was a no huddle drill, right? Yeah. So they were trying like that was the whole. There were several times where they had to like really get on the guys to get back and, and yes. take the huddle. But yes, I thought that was particularly harsh given that his helmet had just fallen off <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he fell to the ground and who knew like he could have gotten a concussion potentially like um, he's like no get back up there like um good but that yeah josh job josh job had a had a good day he was he's got length on him yeah he made well, he made he made that play potentially if you want to call that a play he made uh, a diving breakup in the back of the end zone uh as i believe Dion kane looked like he had gotten behind him on a Minshew throw and and full extension breakup from job and then on the very next play uh a pass breakup on a slant to i forget who that one was intended for but um i, I yeah, got it active down. day for josh job you know working his way up the rankings i'm worried a little bit about the the camp crush situation because it's got to be organic and i like I, it feels like i'm gonna have to force it at some point and i don't want to have to force it I, one of these guys has got to really grab my heart uh you know i feel like uh Clay Harbor was at practice today. I feel like the Bachelorette, where where like I'm waiting for one of these guys to really like win me over. And right now, I feel it feels like I'm just going through the motions. I like that that uh, Clay Harbor reference. Yeah, it was it was nice seeing Clay Harbor. Nice guy to cover. Um, so Josh Job, I I apologize for my ignorance if I'm wrong here, but that's the same number that Michael Jaquette wore, correct? 
I don't think he'll take any offense to that, but uh, no, no. I, I, I think Jaquette wore a Michael couple numbers was, through his time. Jaquette was thirty-eight, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, well, because there's, I mean, they got, perhaps, I mean, perhaps I'm just used to seeing the the Jaquette wingspan that that you've that you've covered, but mm-hmm. Job has uh, Job has it has good length, it seems. And then I, I looked it up, uh, thirty-two and five-inch arms. Uh, I'm so, so, sorry, five-eight inches arms so that's uh, those are long arms for a corner would you agree yeah okay what, let's Maybe see actually do you look it up on mock draftable does it have the percentage no i looked up in, in his combine measurements let's let's see where it is from a okay 87th percentile in arm length okay um so that's that's uh yeah um you can see it on display on that thing. pass breakup yes um some other notes uh number of sacks today Right, not that that were whistle dead, but that like would were clear sacks. Um, Teron Jackson, I remember had one. Yeah, I thought, uh, there was one I wrote down. Derek for Barnett Marlin. had one. You probably you probably missed that one. I did not miss that one. A matter of fact, <laughs> I, someone sitting next to me on the sidelines said um, said your guy Derek Barnett and oh, I, no. said, I don't know where this was created. Like Derek and I, Derek I I wrote. <laughs> oh no. Even before Bo got on the beat, I I wrote mm. you know before Bo went down there and did a a beautiful story on I mean a sad story I shouldn't say beautiful sad story but very you know very touching story okay yeah yeah on on Derek Barnett in Nashville um, when Barnett was a rookie I I did a piece on on him and his relationship with his mother and and uh, you know you know kind of where uh, it, I started the piece with him and Jason Peters working after practice uh, on his pass rush moves, right? I mean, I've always gotten along well with Derek Barnett. You, you kind so of- So where do things go wrong? No, no you, I point out penalties <laughs> one time, and then, or no, a few times, more than once, and, and you make it seem like I have uh, I have an issue with him. Um, it's a just joke. to wrap up, just to wrap up this, this segment here, I'm trying to just, I have it all written down in my notes. I thought Kaiser Kaiser, White flashed a little bit today. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I I, I like Kaiser White. I, I, I like Kaiser White. Um, uh, I thought Bradbury had a good pass breakup, but Deion Kane, it, you know, Deion Kane actually caught the deflection. Um, I'm all in on yeah. Bradbury. We'll probably get to that in the next segment. But man, he 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 really impresses me. Okay, uh, I'd like to continue the uh, Josiah Scott update that we've been following very closely yes. here on Birds with Friends. He's uh, seems like a, a full time safety now. He's he's working with them in individual drills. He worked as the second team safety with Kayvon Wallace today. Jaquaski Tart relegated to the third team. Um, Anthony Harris after practice said that that uh, Josiah is a smart guy who's always involved in meetings. That's that's probably why he can make that. Uh, transition potentially again i think it's um i think it's a couple fold one is it probably you know they want to maybe get a closer look at jimmy moreland uh and this allows them to do that he was working with the third team at nickel this allows him to do it with the twos i think it's not a great sign for Kayvon wallace um i think Kayvon wallace is like very squarely on the roster bubble i don't think that his uh spot is assured you would probably have to say the same for Jaquaski Tart. Um, they're looking for safety depth, and uh, you know maybe it's like, all right, are we willing to trade like a late round pick for a backup safety, or should we take a look at Josiah Scott first? I don't know. 
So I, 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 I got to pump you up a bit here, okay? And this is kind of a, a broader point, but I was I I'm, like I'm driving to work the other day. Pumping me up, but go ahead. I, I hear Jonathan Gannon on the radio uh, with with uh, with Angelo Cataldi the other morning, and Gannon was was saying, and I've heard that uh, this this might be him buttering up the Philly reporters, but he says he has friends around the league who they're talking about the questions that they get in press conferences, and they're like. Are these guys even watching practice? Like, like, do these guys know anything that's going on? And then, I'm, as I'm sitting there today, and you're asking Anthony Harris about Josiah Scott's reps at safety with like the third team, and I'm thinking there so, like with uh, the twos, you know, with the twos. Yeah, the Eagles PR staff does a really good job of like prepping players and coaches for <laughs> for what's going to be asked. And I I, I can't imagine yeah, they're going to yeah. be like they're going to say so. They're going up to Anthony Harris. They're probably saying, all right. Just talk about being humble, stacking days, that kind of thing. You're going to get some Marcus Epps questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, be prepared for <laughs> Josiah Scott taking snaps, taking snaps at safety. It's right? interesting. So, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing it's with this, but I'm, it's I'm a just saying. Camp switch. You know what I mean? Like he didn't come to camp and they were like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna try you out at safety." They made the move after a few days. Yes, but where I'm where I am pumping you up here is in order to have like insight on Josiah Scott switching positions, um, you have to really be clued in on practice. You're not one of these guys who's just like, you know, standing there chatting away with the person next to him, maybe sneaking off to get Rita's water ice in between drills. It's our only I chance mean, to watch are, football all season long. This is that's, what it's all that's, about. That's my point. That's 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 my point. So, so you can hang your hat on the Josiah Scott thing. Um I'm just looking at a few other notes here that I have from today's practice. Uh, until until the very end of practice in a developmental seven on seven period, there was a very good day for Reed Sinet. Um, during that during that period when they had split field team reps, Reed Sinet was dropping dimes. Uh, You're all about Reed Sinet, including one down the field to Devon Allen. De- Devin Allen, uh, De- it is Devin, right? Yes, Devin. Devin. Devin Allen. Uh, a you better made a day center today. fielder for the. Uh... Toronto Blue Jays in, in the year Devon 90s. White, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Uh, Devin Allen, I think this this was his best day of camp thus far. Um, he made a couple plays. It was a little bit more sure-handed. Uh, and made a nice play downfield on, I believe, Kerry Vincent uh, on the reads in that throw. And Carson Strong is, like, not playing at all, basically. I mean, yeah. even in the developmental period, he only got half the reps. Yeah, um, I think they see what – I think they see what, what's going on. There. I think they see what we see, yeah. Yeah. So, that – See, it's entering camp. I think uh, most people who didn't watch Rookie Chopped would have said that Strong was the favorite. It has not gone that is not has, has not gone that way thus far. Reading uh, Reed Sinet's, uh, uh bio yesterday, looking for some story ideas, and in the bio, on the there's, yep. there's this nugget um, that he was going to go to Penn, um, but then there was a coaching staff change, right? And uh, I thought, and, and Marissa then it's shook like her cut. head like she knew that. Oh. No, I was like, wow, that's like a crazy decision to be like, yeah, I'm not going to go here just because the yeah. coach changed. So then, and, and then it said he had offers from I think Penn and Yale, maybe it, it was. And so I'm, I'm just fascinated by like, are you, you know, are you trying to, to uh, like, to, like tell people that you were smart enough to go to Ivy League schools, but you ended, but you didn't end up going? Was it? Like, like, how did that come up that, that, yeah, by the way, put in there that I almost went to Penn and Yale. <laughs> well, it's a Philly, it's a Philly angle. 
Yeah, that's okay. All right, that makes sense. Okay. My favorite yeah, read Sinet, well, my favorite read Sinet bio thing, which I put in the uh, preview, is uh, the the mix of of TV and movie recommendations, yes. like his favorite shows. Um, his shows here: uh, The Wire, How I Met Your Mother, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and The Departed. What a what an odd what an interesting cross section. He would kill your 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 culture corner questions. He's so versatile. What an interesting. I mean, I like how that. I met your mother and portrait of a lady on fire feel uh, very very disparate tonally. You know, I uh, I, I, I like that versatility. And then portrait uh, of a lady on fire. I mean, so good. And one then the, shout out. I would say, well, I would say one of the one of the five best pieces of movie or TV uh, media I've consumed since the pandemic began. Wow. I would ask you for your next four, but I think that would take the the next <laughs> half hour of our show. I would go <laughs> Patriot. Like the New England Patriots? No, I'm not kissing oh. that ring. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, players. Uh, I'd have to think about it. And then okay, so then and then one thing here on my media guide notes: shout out to the Athletics to Sean Reed, our Las Vegas, uh, our Las Vegas Raiders writer. I am reading Marvin Wilson's bio, and he he likes to his write biography. Poetry. What's that? No, his, his his page on our in our site. Uh, um, I'm sorry, um, in the media guide, and he he talks about how he write he likes to write poetry and. And there's some other angles here that I thought hmm, this this could be interesting to explore, but I I I know that he was at Florida State during Sean Reed's time covering the team, um, and so I I Google Marvin Wilson to Sean Reed, and credited to Sean. There's nice. a great there's like an in depth story about Marvin Wilson with all of this in there, how he got into creative writing, that's great. how he got wow. into poetry. Yeah, so uh, so that that's that's one of those things that if. If Marvin Wilson has a good game, I promise you, I will be uh, sending out that Deshaun Reed story to to uh, our audience. That's great. Station Eleven, okay, is on my list. Got to, I got to think back. Okay, uh, I want to ask you about Pascal, Zach. Wait, do, wait, do you want to take a break? Because. Or are, are oh, we yeah. still on? Well, let's the take call. a break, okay. and then I have I have some questions about Pascal the Rascal. Okay. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles; we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right. Back on Burns with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Um, Zach, you, you talked to Pascal after practice. Uh, what, what's your – I mean, I saw him today. There was a there was a uh, rep in team drills where, like, Jalen Hurts was flushed from the pocket to his left, was looking downfield, and, and ended up throwing it away. And, like, Pascal was just crossing the middle of the field – and was like furious that the ball did not get thrown to him, and it it would have been like a tough throw, first of all. But like, you 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 told me after practice uh, what question you asked him. I'm I'm a little bit like uh, 
paying close attention here to like the Zach Pascal's headspace as he enters this roster. Tell 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 us about this question you asked. Well, no. First off, I I like this. Like John, like Zach Pascal's competitive, right? You can see why he's Nick Sirianni's favorite player, right? I mean, this is a guy who, uh, and I've I've always said this about undrafted players, and and credit to Michael Dunn in this li- you know in this group. Like like you need to have a certain um, uh, almost irrational confidence. Claw. Yeah, like like a competitiveness, a confidence to 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 believe you deserve to be on the field. Or like deserve you to believe you're an NFL player when you're not drafted, right? Uh, you know, and especially at spots like when there's guys who are drafted ahead of you, or um, you know, yeah, yeah, you have to bounce between practice squads, that kind of thing. Like, like, in, like to stick with it. Um, there, there, there needs to be a, a, a confidence there. And so I, um, I've been, I've been thinking about that as it relates to John Hightower, like poor guy like you know he, he he gets on the field as a rookie he's drafted ahead of Quez Watkins mm-hmm. uh doesn't play much last year is mostly on the on the practice squad he comes out this year and it's like he's he's made a couple plays but it's mostly been pretty tough sledding for John Hightower and it's like what's bringing John Hightower back every day like you know he's he, he, it's not going to happen for him if we're being realistic but he doesn't have to be realistic like I don't know. Just, just, just something I've been thinking about. Every time I watch him, I'm like, "What, what is John? What is Johnny Hightower getting out of this?" But, but, well, no, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always uh, interested in undrafted players because, like, the 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 elite told you they didn't want you, and you yes. still believe that they want you, right? So that's that's uh, that says something to me. I, I respect. I really respect undrafted players who, especially not just who like make the team, but who. Who stick around and second contracts and that you know like uh, Zach Pascal, anyways. Or like Nick Sirianni. Exactly. Yes, I I said Michael Dunn. Um, Zach Pascal. Prove it. You got to yes. prove it. You know, yes. every day out on the field. Exactly. So. Um, Nick Sirianni made a comment, and I forget what it was verbatim, but he essentially said that he told Zach Pascal in Indianapolis, like you are the best fourth receiver in the NFL, right? And he meant it as a compliment, and he explained it to us as a compliment. Uh, um, basically, if you're in that role, you need to know all the receiver spots, right? Because you can go in X, Y, Z, you know, no matter what the situation is. All right. You need to be able to play special teams. You you need to have a bunch of different skills. You can't, you, you can't just be like a designated deep threat and be a really good fourth or fifth receiver. Because what happens if the slot goes, guy goes down or something like that, right? And when Nick said that at the, at the league meetings... I remember thinking that's a really good point, and that to me, like I would take that as a compliment if I was a guy trying, you know, who is who earned a spot in the NFL. And uh, I was curious what Zach Pascal's read on the on 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 that was because, like, my interpretation is is like, yeah, this is this is like a survivor. This is this is what it takes to to do well in the NFL. You you know, not every I always say. You know, you you have to know what your role. Everyone has a role on the team, and not everyone's going to be AJ Brown, and not everyone's going to be Fletcher Cox, right? You, you, what, what, what makes a team great is people being like the best at their role. Um, and I asked Pascal this, and I framed it. I, I, I even said, "I'm be careful how I word this here." Like I didn't want to say, "Are you a really good fourth receiver?" Right? Um, and he was like. 
He's like, well, to be honest with you, I don't like that. Like, no one wants to be, no one wants to be a, a fourth receiver. He's like, but taking, you know, if if that's how Nick said it, like, you know, he was explaining that you you need to do different things well and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, he's a competitive guy, and I like that. That's what you want, especially from from that position. Okay. Here's here's so I want to I want to ask you a couple of questions in terms of like what has changed over the past couple week or week and a half or like what what if this thing that we think is true is maybe not true uh and let's start with pascal are you are we are we absolutely certain that pascal is going to be on this team yes yes for the reason i just said like i just explained to you why i think zach pascal is going to be on the team um if he's he's what you want is he doesn't seem very happy to be an afterthought I mean, uh, no disrespect to Zach Pascal. I think this is a, a good opportunity for him. It's an offense he knows, a head coach who really likes him. Um, you know, they have they have two like entrenched guys, and Quez Watkins is like entrenched. He's he's the number three receiver, right? But even still, like Zach Pascal can get a few snaps per game, can get on the field. I don't think he signed here expecting to be that, but. Look, he can see A.J. Brown. He can see Devontae Smith. And, and he's got the irrational confidence to think he's better than those guys. I, th- I, th- I think he signed, like, maybe March 23rd. I don't know how I, – I don't have a date in front of me. Um, but my, my point is he wasn't, like, you know, the first guy in free agency who was getting signed. So Sure. But you also just talked about how he has the, you know – preternatural confidence to think that he belongs sure. in that category yeah but every look every player probably wants to if if you don't want to be on the field you, you shouldn't be in the nfl okay so um i i'd rather my receivers think like yeah yeah put me in there i'm gonna be really good i i, I actually i saw a cooper cup quote over the weekend well not over the weekend at the end of the week i keep making that mistake thinking today's monday um I saw a Cooper Cup quote at the end of the week when I think Justin Jefferson might have said he's the best receiver in the NFL, meaning himself, Justin Jefferson, and Cooper Cup was asked this. And Cup's response was like, yeah, that's how a guy should think. Like, I I would have a problem if, if someone doesn't think they're the best. He's like, I can respectfully disagree, but... That makes sense. That's yeah. good. Good point. I like that. Uh, what if, you know, this? we talked about this offense has been so A.J. Brown-centric... Like what? What if Devonte Smith does become a bit of an afterthought in the offense? What if he really is like option number three? Well, he might be option number three because Dallas Goddard's going to be a, play a big role here. But he's going to be he's going to have a a spot a, a an important spot in this offense. I think by virtue of what if he has fewer coverage, receiving yards than he did last year? Was that, that concerning to you? Maybe so. I, th- I think one of the and, – and you might be thinking that I'm hyping up James Bradbury here. Devontae Smith is going to be thrilled when James Bradbury is not on the other side of him. I don't think – I think James Bradbury is a really tough matchup for Devontae Smith. We saw that last year in both the in, – in the Giants games, and we've seen that in practice this year. And I think Devontae is going to get open. We saw him consistently get open last year, and there are going to be times when A.J. Brown gets so much attention – that it would behoove Jalen Hurts to throw the ball to the open guy. Um, and of, of the list of things I'm worried about, or I, I'd be worried about on this team, 
Devontae Smith getting open is not one of them. Now, that said, uh, there was, you know, we had a, a an interview with um, Nick Sirianni during the summer, and one of the questions was, how do you keep everybody happy, right, when you have these 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 weapons here? And Sirianni's answer was, you win. Like, if, if, if you win, people are, are happy. But it is something to monitor that if, if there's a game when the passing game struggles and Devontae Smith gets two targets or three targets, like, how do you take that, right? Because his, he's a really his good player. Organism comes out. Yeah. It, which episode was it when Organism threw well, let's off? Not, you know, let's not spoil it, but yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay. Check that out on Paramount+. Plus. So who is cream cheese in this situation? <laughs> um, Sirianni? Probably. Bigger, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can, see, I, I can I see Sirianni doing some rigor or doing some, I, I, doing some cream cheese. I don't know if there's an apples for apples thing. Okay. Apples for cream. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, next up, I have uh, what if... You know, with so much attention on on right guard, this is this is on the other side of things, and it hasn't been a competition. Like, what if Isaac Sayamalu is really good at right guard? What if what if this is like, what if we're even underselling how good the offensive line can be? And what if what if Landon Dickerson is the weak weak point of the five? Well, that's a good problem to have, I would say. And I know Shields driving somewhere in media and pulling over on on the side of the road and pounding that steering wheel <laughs> saying there's no such thing as a good problem to have okay but if I, if landed dickerson at left guard is the problem on your offensive line then i think 31 offensive line coaches would raise their hand and say give me that problem if isaac sayamalu yeah is this is more the, of a more of an isaac take than yeah so you're saying okay yeah so 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 if no but i'm saying if isaac sayamalu is that good at right guard? This offensive line is going to be really good. That's my answer. I think. I think um, if you are thinking of like how could this team go from division contender slash favorite to conference contender, I think like the offensive line, you know, without without even the uh, yearly caveat of if they stay healthy, like. I think it's possible the offensive line could be dominant. As they should, right? They, they're, those are good players on on that line. And Isaac Samalu, this is, what, his seventh year with the team. Um, he's had two injury-shortened campaigns here that I think people forget that the Eagles were real excited when they gave him a contract extension. And they thought that his his better years were ahead of him. Right. Well, and uh, he's in an interesting, you know, he's entering the final year of that contract. Mm-hmm. And I think like if he if he wins this job as he's expected to and is like good through the first four weeks of the season, I, I could see them doing a little a little uh, short term extension, open up some cap space. He's still youngish, yeah, younger than Hargrave and Slay, who are the other, uh, you know, potential uh, cap extender guys. And to uh, to follow up on le- on our pod last time when we, when we were talking about the Jason Kelsey story, and I said that I said what you see from Jason Kelsey when he speaks publicly is like is is what he is. I I mean there are some players who who just say stuff. I, I think Jason Kelsey is usually fairly honest, 
And if there's something that he doesn't think, he just won't say it sometimes. And he, in the past, has gone out of his way to talk up Isaac Sam. Yes. Like, he, he's – and so so when Jason Kelsey says that, he's not just saying it for a quote. Like, I think he truly believes that Isaac Sayamalu is a better player than kind of fell than the perception might be in Philadelphia. And those guys all – every one of them – Stout included talks about how smart he is. Like exactly, he's like almost right there with Kelsey in terms exactly. of what he sees. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing we didn't talk about from practice today, we saw some looks where uh, we had the, the the discussion about BG on the inside the other day. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there were some looks in in a four man line, not not one of those uh, odd fronts, but it was Milton Williams at at left defensive end, Brandon Graham on the inside. What did you make of that? What I make of that is their depth on the defensive line is is like through the roof right now, in my opinion. Um, the offensive line, the starting group, is the strongest of the of the team, but the depth on the defensive line is through the roof. In that, I don't know how they're gonna keep all these guys happy, right? Like someone's these guys want to rush the passer. That's how you get paid to get sacks. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I was having a conversation with someone about who's who's been the best player at camp. And I said, Bradbury or, or Lane Johnson are two guys that jumped out. You're someone that else. high on Bradbury. You think he's been that good? I, I am, but, but, but someone said Brandon Graham and well, I'm like, all right. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I heard Fletcher Cox on, 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 on NFL network. I'm not teasing Fletcher here, but um, I understand what he meant. Fletcher was like, if you were blind and you came to camp and you didn't, you know, he meant like, if you didn't know the injury, Okay, mm. like if 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 he meant like if you didn't know anything that happened before, and you came to camp, you 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 wouldn't have known that Brandon Graham's coming off of a major injury. He has looked good. right, and yeah, he 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 has looked good. Um, I personally don't think that that's a look that I would favor, right? Uh, but Brandon Graham took interior snaps, and there was a that's how Brandon Graham was on the field at one point with Josh Sweat and with Hassan Reddick in uh in like an in an odd man front because he was he was he was lining up as a down lineman well didn't we talk about this the other day that yes he would, we did and and didn't and i was saying i think my response to you was that they i don't would think need javon to do hargrave because, yeah i said i don't think javon hargrave gotta get Fletcher Cox is gonna be very happy yeah there's only so many reps to go around I mean, but there there are lots yeah. of reps to go around is rather is what i mean like i think it makes sense to get him on the field that way and, I don't like I don't like and what I'm Milton Williams that, at left defensive end. Like that doesn't really nah. do it for me. But but yeah, my point was that if if Brandon Graham's playing there, then Javon Hargrave or Fletcher Cox or Milton Williams are going to be like, what's what's going on here? Like like why am I not on the field? And they're gonna still gonna play. Like I think I that just, makes I, sense. Third third and long, you got you got Sweat and Reddick on the outside. You got Brandon Graham up front and. Cox and Hargrave and Jordan Davis and Milton Williams are on the sideline. That's fine. Who's who's really complaining about that? Okay. I, I mean, I think that in that case, who's who's playing nose tackle? Javon Hargrave? Or who's who's playing? Yeah, well, it's third and long. I mean, you know, you're not we're not really worried about them running the ball, right? Yeah. But I mean, in terms of the techniques they're playing, that I mean those guys. Alright, so yeah. get get Cox off the field and put on Tui. <laughs> No, not that. But yeah, I I mean, if you say put your five best pass rushers on the field, similar to the way the Eagles did it in 2017 with their four best, yeah, you 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 want Brandon Graham in 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 that role. 
I agree there. Yeah, I think there's a I think there's a role for him. But I am one of the what ifs here is is what if this is a mirage and and as a 34 year old coming off an Achilles, unfortunately Brandon Graham is cooked. My response to that would be, I don't think Brandon Graham is making his um, yeah. is the term making his hay like uh, people say that, but is that it? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what that means. Oh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to call up Jesse from Bertrand Hill Farms to tell us about <laughs> what making hay um, is, is all about. I don't think he's 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 surviving in the league at this point based on his athleticism. Okay, I think that he's he he's strong. He's he's really technically sound, uh, and he he just knows how to play. I mean, if there's no. Uh, this isn't meant as a disrespect to Brandon Graham. Give me Josh Sweat's like speed around the edge, or give me you know Hassan Reddick's Always comes speed back around to that. The, or Hassan Reddick's speed around the edge, right? If 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 you want more of a prototype, I'm not going with with Brandon Graham. But Brandon Graham is it's his strength is there, and I would also say pass rushers historically age well. That's a good point. So. I, I wouldn't necessarily be worried about Brandon Grant being cooked. Okay. Now if if he's if if there's lingering injuries, like if something pops up, a strain here, something like that, that's a question. But hearing Brandon Graham speak, uh, and again, I'm I, I don't want to belittle an Achilles tear. That's a major injury. But the way he described it, he's like, this isn't nearly as bad as everyone said it was going to be. You know, he was like that. The, the knee injury was much worse. The micro fracture. And, yeah. Yes. And he said he said the way tech, you know, the way technology is now. And it, 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 you even heard Brandon Brooks say the same thing. But then, of course, Brandon Brooks, you know, fell into a vicious cycle of of getting of getting down. I, I don't want to use that term vicious cycle that came straight from Andrew Luck. An outstanding luck podcast on uh, on the athletic yes. football show. I, I want to ask Nick Sirianni, by the way, if you know it's 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 hard to get like uh, you know just conversational time with with Sirianni during camp. They're they're like rushed. You know, he comes out there. You see, there's not much small talk going on. But uh, the luck podcast. I re- I remember thinking, I'm so curious to hear Sirianni's perspective about that night mm-hmm. and that year. Um, because he, his name came up quite a bit, and Andrew Luck talking about like the most fun that he had was uh, was that year when he had Reich and Sirianni and Marcus Brady. Be good, good uh, thing for you to pull him aside for. Sirianni, by the way, um, and I, I don't mean to hijack your your what if segment. My name is Bo, uh, not Jack. His uh, his attire today, he had on the the Quez Watkins t shirt, and. And and by the way, I I don't usually. What's the term you kids use? Clapback, right? Um, <laughs> oh <laughs> no, there's uh, I my view on on this. I I read comments, I read Twitter mentions, and I usually take like like uh, criticism. Like yeah, this is this is something I I need to I, I need to adjust this, or I should have done that better. And uh, and, and there was a reply when I mentioned his his shirt, like. Like, isn't there real football to cover? You, you, you beat guys are, are, you know, you guys are so soft. You're falling for this. Like, this isn't the only thing I'm writing about, right? I mean, I'm mentioning, I'm mentioning the shirt that he's wearing to give you some color. Um, he wore it the other day. He wore Lane Johnson. Anyways, he wore a Quest Walken shirt today. And the question I had was, it was a good clapback. 
was uh, uh, and no disrespect to Quez here, but what's the market for Quez Watkins t-shirts? Yes, I was curiosity. surprised that they made those t-shirts. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I am genuinely curious, like how many people are buying Quez Watkins t-shirts? Well, as the proud owner of a Michael Dunn uh, jersey. <laughs> well, so so Quez Watkins has a website. QuezWatkins16.com, and you can get all your Quez Watkins uh, merchandise there, it looks like. Wow. <laughs> there I you go. That. Good pub. Yep. Quez is going to love that pub. We'll get you one, yeah. Zach. <laughs> uh, all right, Zach, anything else like big picture in terms of what we have, like, anything that uh, has changed your mind over the, the first week and a half of camp? Uh, any specific players who have moved up or down in terms of your uh, internal ladder ranking of the of the roster what do you, what do you got yeah so i've mentioned him um but james bradbury your boy. i've been so i've been so <laughs> impressed with bradbury this summer yeah he's been well because i was i don't want to say skeptical but i was thinking like all right you know sometimes if something seems too good to be true it's probably too good to be true right like you don't just have a cornerback with at at that age with that like resume just fall into your lap and it really seems like that's that's what happened here. That I think he gives them. I I heard Brandon Graham on the radio the other day say that that this is the best group of corners he's you know like the best duo he's 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 played with. And a matter of fact, like I I would say that Bradbury's probably been better in practice than Slay has been in my opinion. Now Slay is covering AJ Brown, so yeah. that's that's a tough matchup. Uh, and and like I've also said, I think Bradbury does well against Devontae Smith. Slay but, made a big uh, interception in seven on sevens yep. today that I didn't see but heard about. But Bradbury is all Bradbury is all over the ball, and uh, I'd be surprised if he doesn't have a good year and doesn't reset his value and gets a decent contract next offseason somewhere else. I think the secondary as a whole probably has the widest variance in terms of like how how they could play this season um because if bradbury is as you describe and darius slay is like he was last year and avante maddox is as he's been really throughout camp and how he was most of last year that's as good of a top three as there is in the league right if if those all of those things are true that matters significantly um, if Marcus Epps is fine and Anthony Harris is steady, like you are in good hands, not a lot is asked of those safeties. We're assuming that the pass rush is going to be much better. Uh, the linebackers, by default, have to be better than they were last year. Uh, if if the secondary is that good, it takes this defense to another level. I also think that uh, if the, if there's a spot that is like gonna surprise in a in a negative way you're looking for guys who are a little bit older to have a, a bit of a drop off you know that could be Darius Slay mm -hmm. Bradbury has that nagging injury that that hurt him last year uh, so even if he's really good right now that's something that could pop up they don't have a, a like a, a guy that you would really feel good about as the third outside corner it's probably Zach McPherson right now he's been very up and down in camp uh, Anthony Harris could be cooked. Mm -hmm. Marcus Epps could be not ready for prime time. Uh, like that group could be really good and they could be the like Achilles heel of the team potentially. So I think, uh, I think it's, it is something that's, that's going to be very interesting to follow. 
Good one. And then uh, on, I guess on the other side here. I mean, I, I mean, I, I've got like lower level guys like you know Jaquaski Tart is signed. We think he's probably going to be the third safety. He's having trouble making making waves right now. Uh, he might not be on the team. Um, let's see. Well, so uh, I was going to say like on the on the other side of a guy who like hasn't jumped out to me, and I don't want to overstate. Like in year eleven, I, I think Fletcher Cox might just be like going through the motions in Iraq, right. or you know. But uh, if if you said like, are you seeing a totally different Fletcher Cox this summer? I'd probably say no, not yet. Right now, I think that's right. This, he's been this, he's been dominant in one on ones, but that's you know yeah. he should be. You're right. But but this is also one where I would say like like let's see what happens on September 11th, right? Yes, Fletcher Cox's only goal in campus to get to week one healthy yeah that's the only thing that matters for him i think that's right it's it's i i thought about this the other day when i was i was listening to our, our pod and i, I made a, a, another reference to like september 11th um and i know it is because, weird because it's it's the first i when i say it I, I mean it's like the first i'm talking about their first game i probably this is a year when i should probably just say week one in past years i'm like you know, we'll, we'll see what happens on September 9th. Or we'll see what happens on September 12th. This year, I'll amend that and just say September, uh, or I'll say week one, because it is kind of like, I, I did like a, like, um, hmm, that's, that sounded odd in the car when I'm like, we just can't wait for it until September 11th. All the answers will come on September 11th, right? Like, I should probably just say week one this year. Do you think that Pete Carroll doesn't believe the Seahawks are going to play on that date? Uh, what's what's your next what if? What's your next what if I'm <laughs> What if what if the Seahawks no show week one because Pete Carroll believes the schedule? I am not I am not addressing that 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 question. I'm not answering that one. I remember the the week one was on September 11th. I believe the 10th anniversary of September 11th. They were in St. Louis. That was I also that believe um, it seems like they opened in Washington a number of times, but there was a an opener in Washington on September 11th. Either uh, the the 2017 season. It might have been that, or it might have been the um, pandemic year, the 2020 season. Probably the, the, I mean, based on. That sounds right. The pandemic what? year, that sounds right, yeah. That sounds right? Oh, okay. That it might it have been, just, yeah. Okay. It was just, it was, it was one of those years. So. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. Um, you know, it is interesting at running back with Boston Scott out today. They've only got four running backs. Uh, they're going to, I would imagine they're going to add somebody just as a body for the, for the preseason games. Don't you think? Yeah. And I, I haven't seen much from, from uh, Kennedy Brooks this, this summer. Um, I, I, I yeah. thought he was a guy who might be like, a uh, you know, undrafted free agent. He has, okay, yeah, I think, but, but, but yeah. And, and we'll see what happens in, in games too. Yeah. But I don't think he's, he's a more pushed. physical guy to begin with. Yeah, exactly. I actually don't Huntley hasn't done much until today. Yes. I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Britton Covey looked, looked, looked better today or I should yeah. say better but just continues to pop a bit and yeah he's been better over the course of camp okay he got yeah he got a few reps with the ones today mostly because of the depleted depth chart there but you know he's he's shaking hands and kissing babies he's he knows all the tricks still seems to be their top punt returner he's a wily veteran at, at least in these practices yes uh I think I think um I don't know that Marcus Epps has like changed my opinion of him because i think i was relatively high on him coming in but he's i think he's looked the part i would agree i think that i'm 
uh, I'm on the Bo Wolf bandwagon here that he's the best safety on the team, okay. which might not be saying much. I don't think that's a great group. I also think on the on the safeties, um, and again, you you can't replace Anthony Harris's experience, right? Like that there's there's something that comes with doing what he's done in the NFL for as long as he's done it, but. I'm I'm not sure that like Andre Sachere isn't like their their second best safety or at, at least mm. is like uh interesting could push for you know, or I I, I, I sh- like a Sachere. I shouldn't frame it that way. Not their second best safety. That 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 maybe he's the third safety instead of Jaquiski Tart. Yeah, or Kevon Wallace or yeah. Josiah Scott. Yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we get Marissa going? No, let's let Marissa get to practice. We got so what's the verdict tomorrow night? Marissa, do you have a, a pop culture uh, person for ZB? Oh, I do. I oh. do. All right, let's do this. Okay. It was reported today that Kim Kardashian is no longer dating blank after nine months. So I know this one, Pete Davidson, right? Wow, very yeah. good. Well, that's because of, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a big comedy fan. I'm not a music fan, but I'm a comedy fan, <laughs> right? So It's one of my favorite things about you. What? It's what? But the fact that you, you always offer up that you're a big comedy fan. <laughs> um but yeah so he had a netflix special that i watched and he talked about uh he talked about this topic he talked about like dating kim kardashian on the netflix or, or at least alluded to it on the netflix special very impressed zach zach berman is a comedy fan and he likes to clap back that's what i've learned <laughs> yes. from so uh so so back when i was um at star ledger so this was 2000 and, uh, and 11. Um, and during the off season, this was, this was the lockout and I had to fill in on some Nets games. This was, they were still the New Jersey Nets at the time. And Chris Humphreys was on the Nets and mm-hmm. it was like, uh, I, re- I remember it was such a big deal that and like people were like waiting to talk to Chris Humphreys. And I, I, I said to someone, I'm like, Am I missing? Like this isn't in my notes. Why is you know? It's like like am I missing something on Chris Humphreys? And it was it was because of of he was I guess he was married at the time to Kim Kardashian or yeah for like yeah. a whole seventy days okay or something yeah like that mm-hmm. yeah does that timeline add 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 up though? This it was two thousand eleven the period when they were married. Probably okay. I don't know. Yeah. There's been there's been several few since okay. then, but um, I I, I yeah, just very impressed how fast you got that yeah, Zach. Very yeah, good. Yeah, that one I know. Do you have another one here? I, I, I think I'm underrated at, at this. I think music, I don't know, but but movies and TV shows and comedy, Bo. Comedy? Yeah, comedy, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Bo, Rich do you have Voss. One? Rich Voss? Yeah. I don't know Rich Voss. Should I know Rich yeah, Voss? I don't either. You're actually stumping me on these two. He's a comedian. Oh. oh. He's, a, he's a grizzled <laughs> vet. I'm trying to yeah, give I, you a, I'm trying okay. to, I'm going to see, I'm trying to test your, your comedy knowledge. Yeah, I don't know Rich Voss. No Rich Voss? No. All right. Did you see any comedy this summer, Bo? In live? Yeah, live. No, I did, did not. You... I would have liked mm-hmm. to, but the answer is no. I mean, you know, Casey's got gotcha. some good bits. I saw Neil Brennan this summer. He was outstanding. Yeah. Great bit. Yeah, yeah, great show. Okay. Bo, I, well, I, I, next I, episode, I Zach, know. I want, I want you to write a few jokes for the pod. <laughs> no, but, but Marissa, do you for, agree with me on this? 
when when Bo has has like a non sequitur to bring up, I I sell it so much more. Like Bo didn't even he. <laughs> Bo will say, "What did you eat for dinner tonight?" Or, or, or like, "What was for dinner?" Or, or "What you do on what your What am I supposed day? to say to you? Saying Neil Brennan was good? What? It, like, oh, how good was he? <laughs> you asked me what I did on, on my off day, and I, I, I didn't say nothing, right? Like, I, I engaged. So, <laughs> okay, oh, you gotta sell. A little, yeah. It is a weekend pod, so I, I appreciate the fieriness to end the episode. You know, that's yep. that's how we're gonna do it these days, I guess. Um, but. Yeah, um, I will agree that maybe sometimes that that Bo doesn't go back at you and you like engage in the conversation like that. I don't think there's any doubt that that's true. I think he's a hundred percent correct. <laughs> but again, I'm Switzerland, so I'm not taking any sides. Fair enough. Yeah, I started laughing immediately because I knew you what you were about to say was for sure correct. Um, yeah, so so tomorrow night the Eagles are practicing at the stadium. It's their only public practice. Of the summer, uh, I guess we're we're not doing a post practice pod for that, but any coverage you want, we'll have on social media, the athletic, and then they are they have a walkthrough on Monday, so we will not be there. So we will be back for a pod on Tuesday. We have Tuesday, Wednesday, and then the game next Friday. And then somewhere in there, we'll hear from uh, Zach with a K about the Jets. How do you feel about um like? We, we, for so long, it felt like for Eagles preseason, we had nothing but Thursday, 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 and now we—it's the whole thing is all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I—I I, we got a I Friday. Then what is it? A Friday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Well, it's the the afternoon game is is the wrinkle too. They had that one year against the Colts. I think it was 2013 when they had like a Sunday at one game, and Chip Kelly. I, I remember he's like, "We play it at, at one o'clock, so we should have the game there." And it was the only time that they had a a, a preseason game uh, on Sunday at one. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it it, it is a it is a, a little different. But like I said earlier. Plus, having the Jets lead things off instead of being the yeah. regular season finale. What are we that's doing? A, that's a little different. Actually, uh, I was I was texting with someone on the beat about this the other day. Flex. The, okay, flex. <laughs> I, I don't even know what I'm going to say. The uh, the other big difference this year is cut down day is on a Tuesday, right? Mm. Like typically, that's your Labor Day weekend. You got that yeah. Saturday cut down day. You can't, you know, you, the family's trying to make plans for the for Labor Day, and you're like, sorry, I gotta. You know, uh, it, it used to be. I mean, it's it's changed a bit, but 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 you had to try to break every single every single one of these. So it's like, uh, you know, you're you're. Hey, have you heard anything yet? Have you heard anything yet? And it's yeah. Um, and as I said on the podcast last year, I'm particularly sensitive to that day now that I I, I know Marissa so well. Like, you know, there that's a, yeah. It's a, it's a tough weekend for yeah, sure. Exactly. Very stressful. A lot of people. So so it's it's a Tuesday now. As opposed to Labor Day weekend. Okay. Well, good stuff, Zach. I feel like this was a good Zach episode. <laughs> Every episode what's, is a good Zach What's that episode. mean? What's that yeah, mean? I feel like we got a lot of Zach. If it was a good, good Zach episode. Was there too much talking? No. No. Okay. Zach, no. stop apologizing. That yeah, someone stop commented this. on YouTube that Zach is so sincere. He really needs to stop apologizing. We all love it. So. <laughs> all right. All right. Yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And I, feel like you're, and I feel like your uh, your five o'clock shadow like got even even more handsome <laughs> as the episode went on. We went long enough to like really see it grow. Well, it'll be when you see me tomorrow. 
will be clean shaven face. The here suit Zach. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday, but uh, stay alert to the athletic and everything else for what's going on with the Eagles. For Zach and Marissa and Elijah and Rich, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. And as always, we love you. Birds with friends.